Good this morning. conference will now be recorded. Good morning. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather for May 1st to May 7th, 2022. As you can tell, <clears throat> different background. I'm in a hotel in Tucson, Arizona. So it took me a little while to get my tech up. And we're a three-hour time delay. So last night when I got home from dinner at 10, it was actually 1 in the morning. And I, I was really tired, so I went to bed. So a little late. Hopefully you'll accept my apology. The eclipses are here. Welcome to eclipse season. We love eclipse season. It invites us to change our lives. And this particular eclipse season is very juicy because it has uh, the Uranus and Sun and Moon all meeting up together in Taurus. And it's on the North Node. And of course the Taurus new moon, which is what an eclipse is, is a fertile new moon. So we've got this very fertile energy out there that the universe just wants us to create with. And it also wants to blow up anything in our lives that isn't supposed to be there anymore. You're going to have an argument with it. You're going to have a fight with it. You're going to go, I don't know why I hang out with you anymore. And you're going to leave, right? So it's a great energy for watching what comes out. Now, we talked last week a little bit about the eclipses. So we're going to cover them a little smidgy again because they just happened. And we also still are in Pluto's uh, station. Remember, he stationed last week on the 29th. And so we have five days. So we're on the Pluto's at the same degree for five days. So we're still dealing with the Pluto station energy. And remember when he stops, the world goes, oh. kind of like that low thrumming noise. Did you feel a low thrumming noise last week when Pluto stopped? And he just went on the stopping. And, of course, the whole thing, you know, which I always love, slowly I turn, step by step. So now he's going to go backwards till October, and then he's going to turn forward and go again. So he's back where he entered his shadow, uh, January 6th, 2022, which is why we're getting all these tapes from the night, <laughs> from the January 6th commission and the New York Times leaking poor Kevin McCarthy uh, saying one thing and doing another. The guy's got a chart of a liar. I, you know, I, mean, I hate to call people liars, but he really does have a chart of a liar. Um, so when we look at the, uh, I guess, well, well, we'll reframe that to be politically expedient. He has a chart that's politically expedient in which he tells the truth when he needs to, and when he doesn't, he shifts. So just don't, don't bet the, don't bet the money on him, right? So our energy this week is uh, still eclipses, right? Because we're still in eclipse season for another four weeks. The two weeks before, the two weeks between, the new and full moon in this case, and then the two weeks after. So with eclipses, we know things come to light. You're going to find out secrets. You're going to hear things. You're going to meet stuff. You're going to meet people. You may, may, you know, I have a friend who went and met her dad after not seeing him for a long, long, long time and hadn't talked to him for a long, long, long time. Due to a family estrangement, there's an opportunity, and now it's, like, changed, because the eclipses come along and change things in a moment, in a snap. If you have time, get up in the morning bright and early and go look at the sky, because Venus and Jupiter are up there right next to each other. Mars and Saturn are a little over to the right, and they're kissing. Venus this week goes into Aries, so she's going to be shifting modalities from Pisces, where she's been kind of languorous and floating along, and she's going to get very fierce. You're going to feel the energy shift and want to take action and do things as we go forward through the week. So let's go look at some of the charts. 
and see what's going on with them. And a couple of shout-outs to people who um, said, uh, can you use the pointer and point things out? So <laughs> we're an evolving operation here, so we'll try. I have no idea if it's going to work or not, but we will try. So anyway, the eclipses are here. The eclipses are here. I always get excited with eclipses because I have a Uranus in my chart, a strong Uranus, and I always love what comes out on eclipses. It's like, ooh, ooh, what happened? What happened? And so there's a lot of stuff going on, and, and it really is the time of illumination. When, when the, um, if you remember back to the eclipse that happened here in the United States in 2017 and went across the country, and of course we've been a very divided country since that eclipse went across there, when it went away, if you were on the path of the eclipse, it got quiet. The birds got quiet. The flowers went to bed. And then they opened up again. Okay, this eclipse is down south, way south, down by the Antarctica and uh, Peru and Argentina and um, Chile. So we can anticipate with this eclipse um, areas that'll be an area that's up and running in terms of our world, in terms of what's going on and how it takes place and what we see out there. Let me see if I can figure out how to turn on the pointer to get my previous. Of course, I should have done this before. Right. Pointer options, it says. All right, we're going to have an adventure here, people. Going to do a laser pointer. I got a pointer. Woohoo! Okay, we always love it when tech works. <laughs> I always have that. Vir Virgos have anticipatory anxiety, so you get that little, and then it worked. Cool. So here's the eclipse. You can see the sun and moon and Uranus together over there. Now it's going to be different depending on you where you are. This is the eclipse for Washington. Um, cast for the United States. And the energy, you can see Mercury just entered his new sign of Gemini, but he's in what we call a minor trine. Mercury trines the Pluto. Uh, and I do have a full description of this eclipse, in including where it lands in your chart on my website and also available for, for, for purchase. I do it every month. A new moon is a, is a new, new opportunity for initiation. You get 13 new moons in your year uh, in every house in your chart. Um, and this one I analyze the eclipse. So if you want an, an analysis of it, go check that out um, and, and buy it. it I, it's about a two-hour two hour webinar where we go through the eclipse in detail. But for this purpose, because we only have a half an hour, this energy here, you can see the sun and moon. You want to find out where 10 Taurus is in your chart. Now that's also what was going on in December. Because in December 24th, Saturn and Uranus squared each other and the eclipse is lighting that up at 10 degrees. And also now Uranus is in new territory. He has not been in this part of the sky since May of 19, March or May of 1939, long time. So Uranus is laying new track until he goes retrograde, which he does when we get to, when we get to Virgo. So we have a time of Uranus now part, partnering up and creating new realities for us. So this eclipse is really potent because you can see the moon and the sun are sitting right next to Uranus. And the sun's gonna come and activate him in about four days from April 30th and the uh, and we have that chart and then the moon is going to activate him. She activated him already. But when we're looking at that, so we see Mercury there and he's trying to Pluto and they form what's called a minor grand trine which is a trine between two planets, Mercury and Pluto. It's an out-of-sign trine, but it still counts. And a sextile to a third. In this case, a sextile to three. 
to the Neptune, to the Venus, to the Jupiter, and Pisces over here. So we see the trine from here. I've got to use the pointer now that I have it, right? We see the Mercury here, goes to trine the Pluto, and then it sextiles this Venus and Jupiter and uh, Neptune. So that's a minor grand trine of creative. Think about that. The goddess of love and beauty is hanging out with a big guy who's so fertile, so fertile in Pisces. And Neptune, like, what's your dream? Let's go make your dream happen. So it's really juicy. And those guys also are receiving the square from Out of Bounds series. Now, Out of Bounds series forms another minor grand trine, the Jupiter-Neptune in series. The Jupiter-Neptune, i got to slow down a little. The Jupiter, Neptune, and Venus are receiving a square from Out of Bounds uh, series in Gemini. Now, series in Gemini is part of a minor grand trine too. You can see here she trines Saturn and Aquarius and they both sextile Eris, the goddess of discord. So, one of the things this eclipse can have is a lot of discord. Because one of the ways it's easy for us to leave situations <laughs> is if we get really mad. We get like, we get a little head of steam up, and then we go, so watch for that. Watch for the head of steam. And if somebody gets really mad at you, you kind of go, all right, like, what's that about? You know, and also watch for people trash talking. You know, I had uh, dinner last night with my dear friend, Kay Taylor, who's the president of OPA. We're here in Tucson having a conference. And over dinner, she said, you know, a woman called and said, you complained about, you wrote and said, you complained, you talked trash about Kay. I'm like, I love Kay. I would never talk trash about her. And this is her saying it to me. Now, remember my advice to you last week, if somebody says nasty things, think about it. Um, because you want to understand their motivation. So I'm like, one, I don't talk about you, but two, like, really? What? Wait, what? You know? And then it was, um, I used client's charts. When I use a client's chart, I always have permission to use it. They ask, I say, can I tell that story? And sometimes clients will say to me, please don't tell that story. I'm like, oh, no, I never tell the story unless you give me permission. Okay, so I was giving, I was telling clients charts. I was violating ethics. I'm like, you know, using it as an example to help you learn and whoever you are. Nasty girl, nasty girl, bad, bad, spreading rumors like that. So I said to Kay, like, hey, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, so you want to kind of watch the energy. You want to watch the energy and understand it and look at it and go, what was the motivation for that? What was the motivation behind that? Because if it is to cause trouble, is to be difficult, is because you're kind of complaining, then there's a problem. You have to kind of listen to what the motivation is for what the person said. So in my case, I'm sitting here going, I was just talking about this last week on my podcast, right? So in, for all of you, when you hear something this week where somebody says something snarky about you or behind your back and it comes forward, you want to kind of go, oh, all right, let me think about that. You know, there may be a kernel of truth in it. I do talk about clients' charts. <laughs> but then there's the also, I always have permission. And sometimes I don't say, I have permission to tell this story. But please know that when I do tell the story, I do tell, I do have permission. Um, but we have this forward motion energy with this eclipse where we're working with new energy. We're working with new ideas. We're working with new expansion. And we want to kind of look at that Mercury uh, in Gemini trying the Pluto. 
stirring the pot. It does stir the pot. It also has an energy, remember Pluto is the lord of the underworld, so it has an energy of taking us lower, taking us into the underworld, wanting us to look at the deeper story, wanting us to go in and dig a little and explore it, right? Um, so that's the other part of the energy that we're working with here. Um, so that's a big eclipse, right? Then next up, see if my mouse stays with me. It should, right? Tell I'm not. This is my laptop, and it's my old laptop died. The screen died. Mercury retrograde. Um, so I had to buy a new one. And, and, and you know, you can buy computers on it, but then you may not work, know where the buttons are, <laughs> like I am here. Um, so on, so we have Venus entering Aries. You can see her here. There she is. She's shifting into Aries. Now what that means when she enters Aries, she's going to be in Aries until May 29th, and then she's going to go into Taurus. Uh, and when she's in Aries, she takes all of the Libra planets in your chart and all of the Taurus planets, and she goes over and she goes, up and let's go. Come on, it's time to exercise. It's time to go out. It's time to do stuff. We gotta do stuff because Venus is in a cardinal go get them, light a match, get it going sign. In the sky, she is going to take these Taurus planets, the Sun, the Pallas Athena, the Sun and Uranus, and the Node of Fate. They now all are reporting into, because she rules Taurus, they're now reporting into Venus and Aries. So she's giving them orders, and they're all kind of sitting up straight and going, okay, I got it, I'm on it, I'm in it, I'm on it, I'm, I'm doing it, I'm on it, Venus. Also, she is, Mars is in Pisces, which is the sign of her exaltation, and which means she loves to be in, uh, Mars doesn't really like being in Pisces, but Venus doesn't really like being in Aries, but they can switch signs. They can switch roles. It's a thing called mutual reception. So Venus can be in Pisces, and Mars can be in Aries. So if you find yourself feeling like, I need to get up, I need to exercise, I need to jump out of bed, I need to go do stuff, that shift will take place uh, uh, at 12, 11 p.m. Um, and it will, today, Eastern Time, you will feel the energy kind of go, whoa, let's accelerate, let's accelerate, because we have to go quickly. So there's a very speedy little energy going on there um, as we watch that mutual reception happen. But we also know when Venus is in Aries, all those Taurus planets now have a new boss, or the bosses come in, ready to roll. You know, she'd been on vacation the last... <laughs> it didn't really feel like a vacation, I know, but she'd been on vacation in Pisces, and now she's ready to go, okay. <laughs> so watch what activates. And then in your own chart, your Libra planets and your Taurus planets all look at Venus and go, oh, okay, what do you want us to do? It's kind of like she comes in, a little like Mary Poppins, spit pop, let's get this all done, let's clean up, let's go. And suddenly things are moving, right? So that's the energy of her. She's in Aries until the 29th of the month. So speed, you're going to feel it. I know it's hard to believe it can speed up more, but it can. Uh, then the next one, okay, I'm going to come over here and we go change my little thing. We're getting this, we're getting this. The next aspect this week that's really juicy is the, um, the Jupiter sextiling Pluto. Now, remember, Jupiter and Pluto met up. Here's Pluto, right? And there's Jupiter over here at 28, and you can see the sextile. Um, now, they met up and got married last in, in December of 2020. Remember, they met three times back in 2020, right after the election results were called uh, in the United States. But they also got together and they said, let's have a new 
13-year cycle start. And remember, I told that whole story on Astrology Hub about, and on my podcast here about Jupiter and and uh, Saturn and Pluto all at a party. Saturn gone out to roll, you know, warm up the car. Jupiter said goodbye to Pluto. They had a little hug. She said, "I'll see you in 13 years." He's like, "Okay," and he's left to clean up the mess, right? Well, now Jupiter's checking in with Pluto. And she's saying, hey, Pluto, I was thinking about you. Remember last December, what was going on then? Remember that? And of course, in our culture, we got the January 6th thing, the election stuff, fine. But in your own life, what was going on? Because Jupiter sextiles Pluto, and she wants to work together with him and help them release the story and help you understand it. Sextiles are working aspects. And she also says, so what did you begin back in last in December of 2020? What was it? What was your journey? What was your start? What happened? And so now you're going to be working with that energy in an opening sextile. And then she's going to go forward and eventually she's going to square them. And then 13 years from now they're going to meet. But watch for um, 13 years from December of 2020 they're going to meet. Watch for remnants or stories from that, that, that December, November time frame of 2020 coming forward and saying, hey, and, and if you made big decisions between now and then, you're going to have an opportunity to review them and an opportunity to look at them and see them in a different light, which is helpful. Uh, so take that time when that happens. Because remember, with Mercury and its retrograde shadow, you're going to hear from your ghosts. Right, your ghosts are going to call. So people you may not have talked to in a while, you haven't seen in a while. Great opportunity to check up with them. So I'm here in Tucson. We're having a first OPA conference in you know the first in-person conference really since the COVID. So it's been great. Been catching up with all my friends. Been seeing a bunch of new people. Uh, been meeting you know kind of you know running into some former students who are now astrologers. Like and going, oh, they're all cooked and grown up and. Oh, I'm so excited. You want to pinch their cheeks, but you can't. Inappropriate to pinch cheeks. But you can be very proud. Um, so the energy is, uh, you know, the energy is really nice. It's a nice, juicy, kind of comfortable energy. And sextiles are fun. And in the midst of the chaos and change of the eclipse season, and it will be chaotic and there will be changes, this energy is a little, little, little oasis where you sit back and you, you know, you have a cup of tea and you go, ah. Oh, then here, the Sun Uranus meets up. Now this is, um, remember, we know the eclipse is happening, right? And it's near the Sun, but it doesn't actually meet the Sun until May 5th. Now when Sun and Uranus meet up, the, and you can see them down here, Sun and Uranus. I have to remember, turning on the pointer, I have to remember to use it, right? Sun Uranus is here. And again, we still have all these planets in this little clump over here, right? So the Sun Uranus down here are in the house of what's of value to you. And remember, the eclipse was in the eighth, well, for the United States, in the eighth house of the Washington, the money from the government, you know, the money other people give you. So it's an interesting aspect because, you know, the sun meets Uranus once a year. Uranus has been in Taurus since March of 2019, and he represents change. Now, Taurus does not like to change. And all of our Taurus friends, and all of our fixed friends, actually, our Leos, our Scorpios, and our Aquarians are changing. They're changing. They're doing things. And also, the sun is on uh, the middle point between spring and uh, summer. We're at the halfway mark. Beltane was May 1st, which marks the cro what we call the cross-quarter days. That was May 1st. And it, it says, hey, we're halfway between spring and summer. Let's go 
in the old days, let's go in the field and get naked and have sex. <laughs> like we know those tortoises like to do, right? Um, and so with this sun Uranus coming, you know, watch for unusual encounters, watch for an offer, watch for, doesn't mean you have to have sex, but watch for an unusual offer that sounds really delicious. Because the sun and Uranus are meeting, they're on a world point, it's a point of fame, it's a point of being known in the world, it's a point of expansion. So it's a very positive energy, right? And so we look at this and we go, okay, uh, what is that energy about? And how do we work with it? And so it's sudden unexpected change, but it also says initiating a new year. And because the sun comes and whacks Uranus, there's an activation of the eclipse energy, right? Because they're all kind of sitting there in this little bubble, you know, waiting to kind of go, and they go. Now, this can be a false start, too. You know, when they jump off the box, you know, they're on the little blocks by the swimming pool, and they somebody dives in early, and then they have to climb back out and get on the block. It can be a false start. Uh, because Mars is on the ascendant. But if it is a false start, just kind of pick yourself up and go, okay, let me shift. You can see Jupiter's at the last degrees of Pisces. He's going to shift sh soon into Aries. Next week he is. And so we're going to really feel the energy shift into high motion, high, high speed. So this Sun Uranus can be something that very much catalyzes you. Uranus is a catalyst planet. He catalyzes you and says, okay, let's go. And so watching that energy kind of shift and change, it's helpful because you're going to go, okay, let me understand it in a new way, right? So those are, I think that's my slides for the week. Yep. Okay, so let's talk the dates. And I apologize for last week. Stacy wrote and said, you didn't do the moons. I'm like, did I not do the moons? <laughs> I didn't do the moons. So I apologize for that. Um, I, it's very, uh, with all these different technology, I get very excited with technology. I love technology. And then I have this like hate relationship with it in a nice way. I don't really hate you. But um we're like, oh you know, and so I'm having a big Uranus transit too. It's right on my ascendant. So when we see that I'm kinda like, okay, wake up, new beginnings, new stuff. And this this is on the world point. So really important news happening on May fifth. Sudden unexpected. Not without you know, like if you think about it you go, Yeah, I'm not not surprised about that. But it also is new beginnings, new energy. And if you find, you just go, you know, I walk into my office and I go, I can't do this one more day. I gotta leave. This is the day. Because the eclipses are saying, break free of your change. And I love Sun Uranus aspects. I always compare them to elephants, right? So baby elephant, when the baby, he has a big chain around his leg. And he can't leave, can't go anywhere, can't do anything. Pulls and pulls and pulls. And when the, um, uh, eventually the elephant gives up. So you can hold him with a little tiny rope. Tether him with a little rope, because they're like, okay, I'm tethered. When the tsunami came in Thailand, in Indonesia, back, uh, what was it, 2006, I think, 2006, 2004, um, the Boxing Day, I remember it was December 25th, but the elephants on the beach on Thailand that gave rides to people took off. They heard it. They have great hearing. They have those really big ears. They have really good hearing. They heard the, they heard tsunami coming. And they read, ran for the hills. And of course, a few days later, you know, that was where dinner was. Let's go back. So they went back to the beach and the, you know, the people who 
owned them or handled them, however you want to think about what an elephant should be done with, um, were like, oh, so happy to see you. Here's some food. And they were like, great, great. And then some of the elephants stayed and some of them went, hasta la vista, baby. Just stop by for dinner. I'm out of here. That rope does not hold me. I know I've broken free. I always think of Uranus aspects as being that. That which you previously thought held you doesn't hold you anymore. And you're free now to go do your own thing. And to um, get stepping forward and be like, okay, let me take forward. Let me move forward. Let me understand. I don't, I don't have to do this anymore. So whether it's that song, Take This Job and Shove It, or I'm, I'm Out That Door, you know, it's kind of a swan song for exits. But it's fun. It's about enjoying it and expanding on it and whatever the words are that you kind of, you know, react to or you have a, like, what's going on? Because of that minor grand trine, the two minor grand trines, one that might make you a little mad because of the heiress energy in it, and the other one that is um, designed to change things and to fertilize things. So let's look at our aspects for the week because that is our... I think I'm going to try this. It should work. That is our energy for the week. Let's look at our sheet of aspects. And for Stacy, our moon calendar, because we forgot the moons. Our moon calendar. So let's do the moons first, so we don't run out of time. Okay, so today I'm going to flip into May, because we're in a new month. And this is my lovely moon calendar that shows me when the moons go void and busy and tell me the DB days, the Donald Blanford days. Okay, so today is Monday, because I'm a little late with this. The moon was in Taurus and left Taurus this morning at 6.13 a.m. Eastern Time and went into Gemini at 6.47. Today at lunch, Venus goes into Aries at 12.10 p.m. And when she goes into Aries, she's in Aries until uh, the 29th, the 28th rather, when she goes into Taurus at 10.46 a.m. So that means the month of May will be lusty. And those of you who remember your Broadway shows, it's May, it's May, the lusty month of May. Lust, lust, lust. Desire. Go for it. You can feel it pumping in your blood. Venus is in hot mode. She is a morning star. She just kissed Jupiter and Neptune. She is feeling good. So give her permission to speak and ask for things and go for it. Yes. So she goes into Aries, and the moon in Gemini is in Gemini Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It goes void at 4.37 p.m. Wednesday afternoon, and it goes void with a um, square to Jupiter, which is an overabundance expansion energy, which is really nice. The Jupiter-Pluto sextile happens tomorrow, Tuesday the 3rd, so that's going to happen during the moon in Gemini, which is often options. I have some options. Let's think about them. And with Moon in a square to, to Jupiter as a closing aspect, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday have a lot of energy of abundance and perhaps a little overdoing. I know I'm out here in Phoenix. I had some pasta. My foot got fat. <laughs> so today I'm going to try not to overdo, but I got three more days of eating out, right? So you never know what's going to happen. Um, you also have on Tuesday, we have the Jupiter-Pluto sextile, which we talked about, which is active. And then uh, Moon goes into Cancer at 7.05 p.m. Wednesday night. And it's in Cancer uh, Wednesday night, all day Thursday, Cinco de Mayo, all day Friday the 6th. And then it goes void at 6.26 a.m. on Saturday morning. 
and it goes void with a trine to Jupiter. Again, an abundance energy. So this week, where we normally avoid the Cancer moons for ritual because their last aspect is a square to Pluto, not this week, it's a trine to Jupiter. So the whole week is really fertile for getting new projects out the door, new things. I know it's eclipses and people go, aren't you, nuts? aren't you supposed to hide under a rock when an eclipse happens? No, you're supposed to trust the process, know that you're not in charge of it. <laughs> you're not in charge. But it can really be juicy and fun and interesting and exciting. So hopefully that's the kind of energy you're going to have this week. So then the moon goes void uh, at 6.26 a.m. on the 7th, and then it goes into Leo at 7.50 a.m. on Saturday and Sunday. Mother's Day, moon's in Leo, and it goes void at uh, 8.39 a.m., which is an opposition to Saturn. So Mother's Day might be a little bit contentious because we have an opening quarter moon with the moon in Leo squaring uh, the sun in Taurus, and we also have the moon with a hard aspect to Mars. And then the moon also squares Uranus that day. So Mother's Day might be a little dicey in terms of family drama. Remember, we are in eclipse season, so things want to come out. Uh, and hopefully it won't be, but you know, just Mother's Day kind of, all right, let's have a pleasant time. <laughs> and hopefully you will. But it might have a little bit of, little bit of heightened drama just because of the, um, the heightened drama energy in the, in the sky. But the, all week is nice. And then the, the DB day is going to probably be Wednesday. And what the DB is, Donald Blanford is one of my friends in New York. And he um, is a teacher and he always likes to know when the students are going to go a little wild. So we call them the DB days. So there's a lot of squares on Wednesday. So it's a lot of push, 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 move forward energy. And then, of course, we have that Sun-Uranus conjunction uh, early in the morning. So the Sun is bearing down on Uranus. So some stuff can come out while it's in the approach. Uh, Friday looks nice, Saturday looks nice, Sunday looks a little contentious, so I would say your days to watch for uh, overgoing is those two, Wednesday and Sunday, and then Friday is just going to be really, really super busy. A lot of energy on Friday. When we're looking at our planets, and what we do with this is, you know, if a planet's at a degree, it's in your chart, and it matches a degree of a planet in your chart, it's going to activate it. Some kind of aspect's going to happen. You know, trying to sextile an opposition, something. So when I give you the numbers and you map it on your chart, you go, oh, between this and this, that's going to happen, right? So the sun this week runs from um, uh, 20 uh, Taurus. He runs from 12 Taurus to 19 Taurus. And he does have the... Um, the conjunction to Uranus on May 5th. He also has a sextile to Mars on the 7th, which is, now remember, Mars can be in mutual reception with Venus, and the Sun sextile Mars is the two of them going, okay, let's go do this, right? Mercury is moving. Uh, he doesn't have a lot to do this week. He's in Gemini. Uh, he is telling tales. He's busy gossiping and sharing information and going, well, you know what happened, and do, 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 do. And you want to kind of go, oh, Mercury, welcome, welcome. And for Mercury, we'll give you an update on the kittens. I um, dropped them off on Tuesday before I came here to Tucson last Wednesday and uh, before I caught my flight. And they all got put into um, the, you know, I came in and, you know, you get there. It's like an hour drive from my house to the shelter. So I bring them in, I leave them on the table, and then I run into the bathroom and I come out and they're gone. Like, where'd the kittens go? My cousin's like, they're in the cages in the back. I'm like, oh, oh. so I go in the back, and they're all there, happy. 
And little Ted sits there, and he, you know, he sticks his paw out. He goes, oh, oh, oh. I'm like, oh my God, Ted's crying for me. Now, Ted is, I'm partial to Ted, I must say. He was the firstborn. He was born on my foot. He has cerebral dysplasia, so he does this little jerky thing. He can hardly walk. He tips over all the time. But he's really a cute little kitten, and he cuddles. You have to pick him up. He can't jump. He can climb. But he's unstable, right? So, and I'm kind of like, oh, you know, Remo doesn't like any of them, right? <laughs> but I'm really partial to Ted. But I'm like, all right, I'm just going to say a real good, strong prayer. Like, figure out what's going on with Ted. I'm not going to worry about it. I can't keep him anyway because I'm in Tucson, right? But I know where he is, and I can go get him. Because he has to be altered, too. So I get a note from my cousin who says a woman and her daughter came in and they were looking for a cerebral dysplasia cat because they'd had one before and they'd moved to Florida and they couldn't bring their cat with them when they first moved. So the cat stayed with the older sister in Pennsylvania. And so Ted got adopted by a mother and a little girl. And I cried. I cried when he did his little paw thing, but I really cried then because I'm like, oh, he's got a little girl to love him. I'm so happy. And so all the kittens were born with Taurus rising. And I was thinking about this. I'm going to cry again. Um, all the kittens were born with Taurus rising. And, of course, the eclipse is on Taurus, right on the degree of their ascendant. They started coming in at 10 Taurus. So Ted was first out the door being adopted, too. And the rest of them are all going to get adopted. I have great homes. And makes me cry. <laughs> but I'm also like, oh. And then when they came in, they came in on Jupiter on my moon. And when they left, Mars was on my moon. So a good, good, good journey to my five little baby kittens. So that's my emotional eclipse story. And a good one. You know, it's they're going to live happily ever after and have wonderful lives. So, but Ted got adopted. So, so that was my, that was my other Verklempt story, this uh, eclipse. Um, Venus is going, and yes, it's really sad, and it makes me cry, but it's okay. You know, you love things, and, you know, and sometimes the relationship changes, and they leave. So, I didn't expect it to be kittens, but, you know, until some cute guy shows up, well, we're out. Now I'm going to work on manifesting the cute guy. Um, okay, so Venus is in last degrees of Pisces, as I mentioned, she goes into Aries. She gets up to six Aries by the end of the week. Um, she enters Aries on May 2nd. And she has a lovely, um, you know, and she shifts energy. You're really going to feel it. She has a nice sextile to Pluto yesterday, which is very creative and collaborative. So there's a forward motion energy with her. Mars this week is running from 12 to Pisces. Excuse me, to, to wipe my eyes. Uh, 12 Pisces to Kent C. 17 Pisces. Um, and he has a semi-square to Pluto. That's a little contentious it's, um, on the second. So Mars semi-square Pluto is just a little argument. And, of course, Venus has shifted, so he's going to be a little snappy. Um, and normally those two get along really well, but they're having a little power struggle. So watch for power struggles on May 2nd with Mars doing that. And then he has the sextile to Uranus where on May 4th where he knows what, how he's going to handle the power struggle. So watch for the power struggle and then go, okay, this is how I'm going to handle it and change it. Uh, the Jupiter and Pluto conjunction we talked about. Jupiter's at the last degrees of Pisces. Whenever plants are an anoretic degree, it really sums up the story. It wants to sum up the energy. That's a very psychic portal, so you may find you're very psychic with this energy, and that's okay. Uh, kind of move it forward and give it a permission to go uh, be creative and to start new stuff, because that's what it wants to do. Um, and then uh, Saturn does have a sextile, part of his uh, minor, um, 
Minor Grand Trine. He has a sextile to Eris, the goddess of discord, on May 6th. So there's a push energy there that takes place, you know, where the, you, you know, remember, <laughs> Eris likes to stir the pot. And, uh, you know, she may. <laughs> and if she does, you go, yeah, I did it. Own it, own it. If you did it, own it. Own it, because, you know, that's what she wants. Changes in your home and hearth on May 1st with the node squaring, Vesta squaring the nodes. And that's kind of it for the week. Yeah, that's the, that's the excitement. So hopefully you survive. Remember, two more weeks of a new default. Eclipse energy coming out. Whatever we find out, we have to take action on. Might be a little emotional going towards that full moon. And then from the full moon to the next new. So we eclipse season is six weeks. Watch for it. It'll be fun. You're going to have a good time. Everything's changing. All the stuff you've been thinking about and talking about and wondering about and maybe I'm going to... You're going to really feel like a, a little light goes on, a little pilot light goes on and, and ignites the burners and you're ready to roll. So that's the week ahead. Hopefully you enjoy it, you have a good time. Remember we're on Earth, you're on Earth to live your chart to the best of your ability in the best way you know how because you are a living stardust. And as living stardust you are that moment you were born embodied, evolving through time. You're carrying that moment with you every day and bringing your light to the world. So Ian Ortley, signing off from the hotel room in Arizona. And yes, that is a fireplace in the corner there. And I had it turned on. Have a great day. Okay.